Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. This is an episode that I've been waiting for for a long time because you hear at the end of the show that our amazing producer is Taylor Juarez, and so today we have Taylor Juarez with us. Welcome, Taylor. Thank you. I'm excited to be on. Yeah. So Taylor is the studio manager for my company. She is the executive producer and editor of the podcast. She is also one of our uh, lead shooters with Ladybird Studios. And so, yeah, she wears many, many hats and she wears them quite well. Taylor, uh, we're going to talk just about your first year in this industry. So you've been with us now for, I think, 15 months. Is that yes. right? Yeah. So um, let's let's even talk back from the beginning of how did you get into this industry to begin with? So rewind back to May of 2016. I was just about to graduate from college um, with my BFA in theater. So I was already looking for something to do that was relative to the arts, and I was interested in filmmaking, so I was looking for jobs like that, and I was getting pretty close to have to uh, get a, well, what I would call a real job, but then I found your ad on Craigslist that was looking for wedding videographers, and the main thing that caught my attention was no experience needed. <laughs> I was, I had looked at several jobs that, you know, required all this experience, and I was thinking, I'm just graduating college. Can't I just start something where I'll be trained? Um, and so I was really happy to find your ad. And that was really the beginning of all of this. So you had an ad out for Ladybird Wedding Films at the time. And I was one of, I guess, over 100 applicants. Yeah, we had, I think, like, I think we ended up with like 150 applicants for that. Yeah, so, which I had no idea until after I was hired. But I was very grateful to have had an interview with you at the time. Yeah, for sure. So Taylor was really unique in that. In her interview, she actually ended up working herself into a couple of other jobs. Um, she ended up doing my uh, social media marketing and blogging and all that kind of stuff as well, um, which ended up rolling into a studio manager position and, uh, of course, doing the podcast as well. But you started out as a assistant slash second shooter so the first wedding that you ever did was in may of 2016 yes and it was actually for your company jordan bunch productions right i remember i mean you basically said hey you're gonna shoot a wedding with me to get started i had never even seen the gear touched the gear i was absolutely brand new and I remember it was at the Vineyards at Chapel Lodge, which is a beautiful venue. But it was it was overwhelming when I saw all the gear and all the moving parts. And it was very much like, oh, wow, what did I just get myself into? Yeah. And the day wasn't stressful because you basically told me, I'm going to get everything that's important. You're just here to assist me, get comfortable with the gear, 
get familiar with things. So there wasn't pressure on me during the wedding day. And I actually really had a lot of fun during the day. The couple was amazing. I still remember it very clearly. But at the end of the night, as we were packing up and on the ride home, I just remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this is a lot. There's so much gear. There's so much knowledge. There's so many skills I have to have. I don't know if I can do this. So it was definitely a moment for me in which I almost felt like I had gotten in over my head. But thankfully, it all worked out and I continued to learn as I went into my other weddings. And I guess I'm good now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so you started out as an assistant shooting for me. Um, and then we did a training time where we had all of our shooters come in we actually went out to one of the really cool venues in town and kind of walked through like what a full day looks like. Um, so you got like this, I think we were out there for like maybe three hours or something, um, just kind of going over the specifics of how the gear works and all that kind of stuff. Um, we had sent some videos out ahead of time to make sure that you had a good understanding of just kind of the, the exposure triangle and and just some of the, the core basics so that we didn't have to teach too much of that and we could really get down to more of specific techniques and our style and that kind of thing. But also just kind of walking with you through like, here's what a wedding in general looks like and here's how we approach it um, and that kind of thing. So so you had the, the experience first of assisting me, then the training experience that you did, and then you shot your first wedding without me as a second shooter. So tell me about that. That was probably just like a month later, right? Yes. And I'm glad you brought up the training because I had actually forgotten that I did do that in between my first wedding with you and my second wedding, my first official wedding with Ladybird. That training was very helpful because I'm a hands-on learner. So I had watched videos prior to working with you. So I more or less had the knowledge in my brain, but until I actually had the time to just play around with the cameras and I was in a setting where I could just experiment. That was really helpful for me because the more I use my hands and actually do the thing, the better I learn. So I actually, my my second wedding in June, it was like the first weekend of June, was a pretty good experience. I still remember that one quite well. And I had a really good lead shooter and I, we had really good like chemistry, like we worked well together. Um, and I mostly just stayed on the monopod the whole day and shot B-roll, got tight shots. Again, there wasn't really a lot of stress of me having to capture like super important things. The lead did a really good job of that. And he was actually really good at kind of teaching me and guiding me along. So I had a really good experience on my second wedding and I felt a little more confident, but I mean, still was very much focused on okay, exposure and aperture, ISO, wipe balance, shutter speed. In the beginning, it's very much about learning those technical skills. And so it takes you, you know, twice as long as your lead to like set up your shot and actually understand, okay, how do I make it look better because it's too bright or it's too dark? So you're just, you're mostly focused on technical stuff. Sure. Like I was not thinking as much about the couple and like the artistry of it. It was mostly just how much can I learn about the camera and the gear to really feel comfortable in that. 
Sure. Yeah. And now we're doing even more to try to make sure that people have more hands-on experience before they even go and shoot. Um, but yeah, that, that is so much of it in the beginning is just getting footage that's even usable, much less, you know, is it shot perfectly and that kind of thing. And I think that is, that's, that's one of the things that's nice about getting started as a second shooter is just that there's a lot less pressure on you. So just get shots that are usable and document the day. And then that's going to be helpful enough, you know? So awesome. So, so you second shot with us for quite a while before you became a lead shooter. What was that like? Um, yeah. How long did it take you to get from second shooter to lead? And um, then just kind of a follow-up question. What was, if you can remember, what was the, what was it like the first time that you led a wedding? So I became a lead. My first lead wedding was in March of this year, 2017. So less than a year it took me to become a lead shooter, which at the time I remember you saying, like, you became a lead. You were ready to lead a lot sooner than I thought originally. And you thought I was ready before I thought I was ready when when you first approached me and said, okay, I think we're going to start conditioning you now to become a lead shooter. I was like, whoa, okay. Wait, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I'm pretty critical of myself and I still felt like I was, you know, really learning a lot of stuff and still trying to improve some of my basic skills, but you thought I was ready to be a lead. So I actually did a bit of leading with supervision a couple weddings before my first lead wedding. So I would be working with a, another lead shooter and they would let me lead certain parts of the day and kind of walk me through what a lead shooter does. And I would get to really focus in on what those skills are and how I need to run the day as a lead shooter. So yeah, my first lead wedding in March was nerve wracking. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember, of course, of course it's my first lead wedding and it's pouring rain and thunderstorming. <laughs> And the wedding is supposed to take place all outdoors. So things were getting shifted around at the very last minute. I got there and they were rushing, trying to move chairs underneath. There was a very small patio that was covered, but it was very small, not designed for the full ceremony that we had to have that day. Right. So it was very crowded. And we were getting there and it was raining and there was guests all, you know, squishing together trying to stay dry. And I was trying to set up for the ceremony. And it felt, it felt chaotic on the inside. But honestly, I couldn't have asked for a better couple to work with that day. They were very laid back. The whole wedding was like more casual. So they, they were not phased by anything. Awesome. The rain did not bother them. They were happy-go-lucky the whole day. And even when it came to portrait time and me and the photographer were looking around thinking, what do we do? It's pouring rain. They, the couple was like, oh, we'll just grab some umbrellas. We can walk around. We're chill. So we went out in the rain with umbrellas and I went out there with my gimbal and my second shooter holding an umbrella over me <laughs> and actually ended up getting some killer shots in the rain. And even though I walked away from that wedding being really critical and thinking, oh man, I don't know what this footage is going to look like. When I saw the final edit, I was actually pleasantly surprised at how good my first wedding had come out as a lead. So it was definitely, 
I definitely was ready, I think. I just had to take that leap. Sure. Yeah, I think I think that's... Uh, <laughs> actually, my brother was telling me about this the other day. He said, you know, all these all these things are always generalizations and they're never true for everyone. But it sounds like it's true in this case. Um, especially just comparing our conversation with the conversation that we had last week. Um, just in general guys are like, we have to be like 10% sure we can do something before we say, yeah, we'll do it. And I feel like in general, most women have to be like 90% sure they can do something before they feel confident saying they can do it. So I hear that in what you're saying. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I, I think that there's a lot of wisdom in that reservation. Um, but also, I love how you were able to come away from it and see, yeah, you know, I I did do a pretty good job here. Um, So that's awesome. Yes. And I realized in hindsight that you're never going to be perfectly ready to shoot a wedding perfectly because there is no such thing as shooting a perfect wedding. Sure. There There would have never been a point where I felt like, okay, I'm, you know, I've mastered these skills. I've mastered this. I'm completely and totally ready. You're never going to be completely and totally ready. So I think it's really important to, once you feel comfortable with your skill sets, comfortable with the gear, at some point you just have to take that leap because the rest really will fall into place and you have to know at what point to just let go and trust yourself. Yeah, for sure. So what are the ways that you feel like over the past year and year and change, year and I think we said 15 months. What do you feel like are the ways that you've improved? Obviously, I've improved a lot just technically. I'm super comfortable now with our gear that we have and that we work with. It's been nice because I started out working with certain gear and then over time, you know, we've bought new things and really refined our kits. So I feel totally comfortable with all the gear that we have now. And I'm very comfortable with how to use the camera. I can switch settings really quickly and know exactly how to set up the shot I want to get. So that's helped a lot to feel super confident in my technical skills. But also, I feel like what I've really become good at is going with the flow. Now, by nature, I'm a planner. I always like to plan things and think ahead. I'm very much about planning the future. But I think this job has really helped me to step back and learn how to go with the flow because that's what a wedding day is all about. Things will never go exactly according to planned. Anything can happen. And so you have to be ready to take the day as it comes. So I, I feel like I've gotten good at trusting that my skills will be there. I have the skills I need. I've got the knowledge I need to get through the day. But really just focusing on how I approach the day. Yeah, for sure. So what are the things that have helped you to work on those different areas that you're trying to improve? I mean, give me like specific tangible things that you're doing that have helped improve. Well, I'm lucky enough to be working for Ladybird Studios and the way you've designed the company. And because I'm also the studio manager and I'm you know in the office during the week and shooting on the weekends, I get to spend a lot of time around you and around our editor, Manuel, And just recently, Manuel has started taking detailed notes of every wedding for every shooter. So I actually get to see my footage. I get to get detailed notes, which over time have gotten more detailed now that I've 
mastered kind of the basics and I'm getting into more fine tuning my skills and my craft. So that has been extremely helpful to actually get on the computer, see my footage, see things that made it into the final cut, but also see things that didn't and kind of understand, oh yes, I totally understand how I could have shot that differently. Because sometimes you try to catch everything in the moment when you're at a wedding. And I've gotten good at seeing things in the moment and correcting myself, but even so, you get back into the office and you sit at the computer and you realize, oh, wow, I totally missed that I had that, you know, fire extinguisher in the background or just small details like that. So it's been very helpful to get notes after every wedding that I've shot. Um, it's also been very helpful to get to shoot weddings with you on the side. I've second shot for your company several times and even done a few corporate jobs with you. So that's just another way that I get to keep using the gear. I keep getting to learn from you and it helps to watch even after moving into a lead shooter role to still go back and second shoot for you. Sometimes it's helpful to watch you and to really fine tune myself and kind of nitpick like, Oh yeah, I'm good at this, but I could do it just a little better by watching your techniques and how you shoot. So that's been super helpful. So I just feel like I'm in a good place. I'm surrounded by people that are really good at what they do, and I'm always learning from everybody around me. Awesome. Yeah, so now you've shot 35, 40 weddings. Um, what are you working on now, and how has your approach to shooting weddings changed since you first started? So I believe to date I have shot 38 weddings. Um, I'm always working on, like I said, fine-tuning my technical skills. You know, I go back through my videos now and kind of nitpick them a little bit more harshly because I've pretty much got down, you know, how to get a good shot. But it's like, how can I make it a little bit better? What are those really small things that I can do to really hone in on my craft? In the beginning, I approached weddings very technically, you know, still trying to get the skills. It was all about learning the gear and making sure I could set up a shot correctly and have it correctly exposed. But now that I've gotten further into shooting, it's really all about my instincts. Over time, I've been able to develop my instincts and just get a, a feel for how to run a wedding day, how to approach a wedding day. The attitude you approach the wedding day with is everything. And it really helps to create relationships with the couple, with the other vendors, to be able to show up at a wedding, assess the situation, assess the people. Just within a short period of time, you get a sense of your surroundings, and then you learn to adapt to it. So now I approach a wedding with how can I show up here, see what's going on, and fit into the environment. I trust myself to have the skills to be able to grab whatever gear I need to get whatever shot I need, but I like being able to have that sense of improvisation. I feel like improvisation is such an important skill on a wedding day because things are going to be happening. People are going crazy. There's usually things happening simultaneously and you have to be able to be confident enough in yourself to have an easygoing attitude. You can't let yourself get flustered too easily because like I said, things aren't always going according to plan. So you have to be 
thinking a few steps ahead. You have to have a plan B, maybe a plan C for how you want to shoot that particular thing. So I've really been working on approaching a wedding day with a sense of improvisation, willingness to go with the flow. Awesome. So just kind of feeding into the idea of improvising, is that a skill that you feel like gets overlooked when shooting weddings in general? Yes. I feel like a lot of shooters, especially after you've been shooting for a while, you know, you focus so much on your gear and your technical skills. And sometimes after you get far into the process of shooting, you're starting to get super artsy about your shots. And it's easy to get absorbed in all the cool gear and all the cool artsy things you can do. But I think you really have to remember that it's all about relationships. You can have the best skills, you can get the best shots, but if you don't know how to blend in and vibe with the couple and the other vendors and kind of work as a team, it's going to be hard to shoot weddings. Sometimes you can get this perfect idea for a perfect shot. You want to go for it, it's going to be epic, but then what if it doesn't work out? What are you going to do then? How are you going to shoot it if you can't do it just the way you planned? And there's no such thing as a perfect wedding. You're never going to shoot the same wedding twice. So you have to not only know how to improv, but also innovate constantly. Always be thinking of new ways to shoot something and don't ever, don't ever have an ego. Don't ever get too married to your ideas because most likely they're always going to be shifting and evolving as the day does. Is running your business taking away from the time that you have to make better wedding films? Do you feel disorganized? What happens when a hot lead goes cold after your first email response? Do you have a system in place to stay in contact with them? Do you find yourself asking, where was that bride's phone number again? And have they paid their invoice or not? Which package do they get and what are their deliverables? How organized are your financial records when it comes to tax time? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could afford forty dollars or $50,000 to pay someone to take care of all this extra stuff for you? I've got an idea. How about you sign up for 17 hats and pay just $300 a year to let their amazing online software take care of all of this for you. Before I got 17 hats, I was buried in a sea of unorganized emails, spreadsheets, bank statements, receipts, sticky notes, Google Docs, and more. I was letting hot leads go cold because I couldn't remember who to stay in contact with. I was spending weeks trying to get my tax records organized from my accountant. It was awful. And now I pay 17 hats, just $300 a year, and they do all of that for me. It's like having a full-time assistant working around the clock on your business, making sure that everything is organized, invoices are paid on time, and making you look like a real pro to your clients. And now, 17 Hats is giving you an amazing offer. When you use the link at the top of our website, WeddingFilmAcademy.org, you'll get 15% off the list price, and it's a great way for you to help keep us making great content each week for you. If you want to learn more about 17 Hats, go back in the archives and listen to the podcast that we did with them. We actually got to chat with the CEO and one of the VPs of 17 Hats for an hour. So definitely go back and listen to that podcast as well if you want to learn more. Thanks a ton. Let's get back to the show. Now that you're a lead shooter, what are things that you're doing to help your second shooters who are just getting started to get kind of down the right path? I feel like the first steps obviously are just making sure they're comfortable with getting the correct exposure for shots. I like to work very closely with my second shooters 
usually I like to keep them like by my side for most of the day, especially when they're super new. I'm not just going to send them off and let them fend for themselves. I feel like the first time, few times I work with a new shooter, I'm keeping them very close to me. I'm, you know, looking over their shoulder at their shots. And as I see things, you know, asking them questions. Okay, you see how it looks like this? How do you think you can fix that? What do you think you need to adjust to correct the exposure or get the shot that you're aiming for? Or what, are, what is your idea about this shot? What are you trying to capture? Okay, how can we best capture that? So a lot of it's technical at first, but then there's stuff like composition and looking for those, okay, I see what you're going for there, but if you just tweak your angle a bit, it's going to look beautiful. And you see how you can capture their faces or get just this detail if you just shift the way you look at things. You can teach those technical skills and they can get perfectly exposed, but I think composition is the other 50% of shooting a wedding where to place your subjects, what subject are you shooting. Composition is very important, and I feel like you can teach it to an extent, but the more that they shoot and see couples and see their surroundings, they just sort of get a sense of, oh, okay, I now I understand what makes a shot look good versus bad, or how I'm cutting off their heads there when I need to actually just frame them up a little bit differently. I really enjoy working with second shooters because I even still, as a lead shooter, feel like I learn from them, especially after I've been working with a second shooter for a while and I'm seeing them grow and they get to the point where they're starting to become confident in their work and they're coming up with new ideas. And sometimes they even set up shots that I'm like, wow, that that looks really good. I didn't think of that. So I enjoy the back and forth relationship. I don't ever feel like, okay, I'm in charge of you. It's very, it's very much a mutual relationship. Yeah, for sure. So talk to me about what your plans are in the future. You've been doing this for 15 months now. Is this something you're still loving? You still want to keep doing? What does it look like? What does life look like for you in five years? I mean, you're even thinking that far. Yeah. Talk to me about that. I remember in my first couple months of shooting, just how giddy I was when I thought about, this is my job. I get to go to people's weddings, which I'm a hopeless romantic. I cry Mm -hmm. at every single wedding still. I absolutely love weddings. So just to have this job is sort of a dream come true that I never really imagined coming true for myself. But in those first few months, I remember just telling people, oh, I love it. People would ask me, how do you like shooting weddings? Oh, I just love it. It's so much fun. And they would say to me, ah, you're in the honeymoon phase. Just wait until you've shot a bunch. You're going to start hating it. And I would just think to myself, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I'm that person that's going to get jaded. I know I've talked to vendors who are, you know, plenty of years in that are just loving it as much as day one. Yeah. And I've talked to vendors who have been doing it for a long time that are like, yeah, it gets old. You get jaded after a while. It just becomes monotonous. But I don't feel that way. I'm, you know, 15 months in and I'm still loving it just as much as the first day I did it, except with less fear now. <laughs> but yeah, I for the first time, I don't have some like three-year, five-year, ten-year plan for my life. I love where I am right now. I feel super lucky to be able to work for Ladybird Studios and 
have all of the opportunities within that that I have and be surrounded by the people that I'm surrounded by and to have the opportunity to work on this podcast with you. That came out of the blue as a lot of your ideas do. <laughs> and I tend to do that. Usually it's, hey, Taylor, I've got this idea. And I'm like, okay, Jordan, let's talk about it. Let's see if we can make it happen. Um, which this podcast really has been an incredible way for me to learn. I forgot to mention it when you asked that question, but this podcast has been an invaluable resource because we've interviewed so many different kinds of people. And because I'm the editor, you know, I've listened to every podcast through and through closely. And it has made me think about things that I never would have thought about, I don't think, if I hadn't watched this podcast. Getting to hear different people's techniques, the different gear people use, the different mentalities people have, the different ways they approach their days. I feel like it's added a lot of resources to my toolkit, and I almost can draw from all these different professionals and approach the day with a really well-rounded view. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. I mean, I'm learning from our guests all the time. So yeah, it's been been an incredible resource for me as well. And I think that's one of the cool things about what we're doing specifically is you talked about, you know, just having that tool belt is, you know, it's not... I never want to be the one guy who's trying to teach the one way to do things. It's much more of, hey, look at all these different amazing ways that we could possibly go at this. You know, and 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 let's talk to people about the same subject, but see how differently people are approaching it and doing it with excellence still. So, yep, for sure. So, besides uh listening to this podcast every week, uh, what other advice would you have for someone who's trying to get started? I would say when you're first getting started, in the beginning, yes, work on your technical skills, use the gear as much as possible. If you're shooting regularly, it helps so much more because you've got your hands on the gear every week. You're constantly building on what you learned last week. So really get those technical skills and your confidence in the gear down pat in the beginning. And then after that, really the rest of your time shooting, innovation and improvisation. Oh, I talked about it before, but I just believe it's so important that it doesn't matter if you've mastered the technical skills. You have to know how to show up at a wedding and adapt to your surroundings. Don't ever have an ego. Don't ever let your guard down because even when you shoot that one wedding that's super epic and you walk away so proud of it, there's still going to be small things about that day you wish you could have done better. There's never going to be a perfect wedding. You can take away something from every single wedding you shoot. So you have to know how to keep learning all the time and always be open to new ideas. And I think, like you said, Nobody shoots a wedding the exact same way, and there is no right way to shoot a wedding. I can shoot it one way and watch my videos and think, oh man, I love it, it's amazing. But then I can go on YouTube and watch videos by another wedding videographer that shoots totally different from me and think, wow, that looks amazing. So everything is subjective. We're artists in a sense, we're creative people. So you have to have that 
free-flowing mindset and allow yourself to discover new things in every single thing that you do. Yeah, for sure. I think there's there's sort of this both and approach that I think is important when it comes to that type of inspiration of, you know, find, find the way that works best for you and shoot the way that, that makes you feel inspired. At the same time, I think it is really helpful to look at the people who are doing really spectacular work so that we can get new ideas so that we can stretch ourselves um, you know, just yesterday we were sitting here watching, uh, watching Sharon's uh, work together and just kind of, you know, ooing and aahing, but also like looking at some of the specifics of, you know, how she's, how she's shooting something specifically, how she's, you know, moving the camera or not, uh, in her case, more, more of the not, um, but also like kind of analyzing, uh, you know, what she's doing in terms of, I remember one thing we were looking at specifically was when she was recording the letters that were being read. And we were like, oh, that's really interesting because normally we shoot that with kind of like a medium lens. Um, but she was shooting them all really tight in just the face. And I thought that was really interesting. It looked beautiful because it it, it drew you into their face more it drew you into the emotion that, that was going on there because there was nothing distracting from them. it was just the face and that was a different approach that you know we may try out some so i think there's sort of that both hand approach of let's look at what some of the the masters are doing in the field but also let's do what just inspires us and makes us feel great about the work um, because ultimately that's what's going to keep you happy and satisfied is if you're doing not just trying to copy what other people are doing, but doing what inspires you and what makes you happy. Yes. And that's one of the things that's super unique about weddings is that every single wedding is different. You're with different people who like different things, who have organized their wedding differently than the wedding you did last weekend. And so you get to form relationships with new people every time you go to a wedding. And that in itself leads to your ideas, the ideas you have about the day, the shots that you think of that you want to get. It really all depends on the couple. You meet one couple and you see how they interact and you're like, oh, I know, I know how I want to shoot them based on how they interact with each other, what they look like, how they talk. You get ideas based on that. And those are going to vary wedding to wedding. I've been to certain weddings where the couple's super laid back and they're having fun the whole time and they like never stop smiling and you just have all these ideas about how you want to shoot them. But I've also worked with couples who are quieter or more reserved. They don't want to be in the spotlight as much or do a lot of shooting pictures or videos. So you have to adjust. You have to adjust your expectations and think, okay, even though I thought of this really pretty shot, I want, they're not into it. So you really have to know how to adjust. And I think it's really unique to get to work in so many different environments because it just never stops feeding your creativity. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with? I would say that the skills that you learn as a wedding videographer can be applied to life and vice versa. It 
For me, forming relationships with people is like 70% of this job. And because I'm also the studio manager of Lady Bird, I get to talk to most of the brides beforehand. I'm working out all of the details leading up to their wedding day. I get to talk to vendors. I get to meet planners. It's not just about the people I meet the day of, but the people I talk to beforehand. And I do bridal shows and open houses. And I just love talking to all kinds of people and forming those relationships. And it really starts paying off when you start getting referrals from vendors you've worked with before, or a bride calls you up and is like, yeah, I'm referring my friend. They're getting married next year and they totally want to have you. So I really, really enjoy relationships. And I think that if you can know how to network and feel comfortable talking to people, you're just going to have so much success in this business because it's not about being the perfect shooter and shooting the perfect film. Like I said, it's never going to happen. But if you can have those lasting relationships, you're going to have a successful long-term career. Awesome. So um, let's do a pick of the week. Okay. I'm familiar with this. Yes, you are. Do you want to go first? You want me to? I'm ready. All right. My pick of the week is slightly unrelated to weddings. But right now, I am crowdfunding with my friends for a film that we are hoping to shoot. And so my pick of the week is Seed and Spark. It is a website, um, a platform that was designed specifically for filmmakers, and it is completely tailored to them so they can raise money for their films, they can build an audience online. Their whole platform is just very smart and very helpful. They offer a lot of resources to filmmakers looking for money or crowdfunding or help starting whatever they're doing. So I really am having an awesome time crowdfunding for our film, A Room Full of Nothing. I'll put it in the notes. So if you just happen to care about what I'm doing besides weddings, you can go check out this awesome film that I'm crowdfunding for. Seed and Spark is amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I I gave a donation myself, and I'm going to get some cool artwork for it too. So win-win. Awesome. Well, my pick of the week is going to be, I'm going to give a shout out to my buddies, Matt Davis and Ryan Coral. They have another podcast that I think if you, if you love this podcast, you're also going to love theirs. Uh, it is Studio Sherpas. So look for Studio Sherpas podcast on iTunes. It's a really incredible podcast. And I don't even say that just because I was on it, <laughs> which I was. So if you want to find out a little bit more about what Taylor was talking about with Lady Bird Studios. We did an episode uh, that I recorded with them where we talked about Lady Bird Studios. We talked about building a team and how to how to build and grow a business that's bigger than yourself. So definitely check that one out. But I was a big fan of the Studio Sherpas long before they asked me to be on there. Uh, there's several episodes that I downloaded and listened to two or three times because... They are, they're doing something quasi-similar to what we do. They have a little bit different approach to their podcast, but they're interviewing some really spectacular creative people, um, not just filmmakers, but their focus really is on, on films, whether that's corporate or narrative or weddings, 
but I guarantee you, you will learn a ton from that podcast. So I highly encourage you to check out their podcast as well. Um, yeah, so thanks everybody for tuning in to another week. And thanks, Taylor, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So if you want to find out more, if you want to see some of Taylor's work, definitely hop on over to ladybirdstudios.com and you can see some of the stuff that Taylor shot. Uh, She's also shot a number of things with me as well, but uh, that's probably the best place to see what Taylor's up to. Um, Anywhere else where you'd point them? I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, Twitter. I'll put links to all the places you can find me in the show notes. So check out our, our notes on our website and you can see all the different things that I'm up to. Perfect. Well, thanks for coming on. And guys, really do, if you wouldn't mind, just take two minutes and head over to iTunes and submit a review. Let us know what you think. We've gotten some good feedback there um, that's that's helping us improve the show. And we just love it whenever you can give us a give us a five-star review. That's super helpful. It helps boost the ratings so that people can find it when they're actually looking for this kind of content. So really appreciate that. And we'll talk to you next week. The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. And help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.